0: chapter 11 of the young pretenders by edith henrietta fowler this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 11 father and mother in india now the question was whether father and mother in india were to become father and mother in england at all during babes and teddy's childhood major and mrs conway were very much puzzled about it in india and uncle charlie and aunt eleanor were very anxious in england but the children themselves never gave it a thought the memory even of Nana was growing faint, and the misty hopes of a good father and mother were entirely swallowed up in the glad reality of a kind uncle. "'There's only one thing I would like,' said Babs. "'I would like us and Uncle Charlie to live at Cloverdale with Giles for our nurse, and Aunt Eleanor and real nurse to stay in London for ever and ever.' But Teddy had begun to go to school, and he greatly enjoyed the companionship of other boys and above all the games in kensington gardens in the middle of the day which one of the younger masters organised this was rather a sore point with babs because teddy never would acknowledge her in any way if she met the school out walking and it cut poor babs to the quick it's silly to nod to you argued teddy the other boys don't and they would laugh at me but i'm not their sisters said babs meekly other fellows don't meet their sisters and i don't like to meet mine said Teddy, who was an English schoolboy fledged on the first day of the term. "'Perhaps they haven't got no sisters,' muttered Babs, who was terribly ashamed of being in such a humiliating position of relationship. Teddy's going to school made it very dull for Babs, and Uncle Charlie interfered. "'I won't have her shut up alone with that old Grimston ogre,' he said to Aunt Eleanor. "'You must get a young, jolly governess.' "'I don't know the kind you want, so you had better interview them yourself.' witheringly and this was aunt eleanor's revenge female after female arrived in answer to the advertisement and uncle charlie bravely saw them all the process he felt aged him considerably but thanks to his selection red-cheeked mary miss drew now reigned in the schoolroom and lessons became games under kindergarten administration while playtime was truly a dream of delight for maggie drew had half a child's heart even in her twenty-fifth year and she was in touch with many little brothers and sisters in the nursery at home and with all other children for their sakes uncle charlie peeped into the schoolroom one morning and found babs and her new governess enveloped in huge pinafores making clay models of all kinds of quaint animals a lovely kind of playwork which taught babs more natural history in an hour than all miss grimston's pleasant pages put together your pig is too thin fatten it up mine will be ready for killing first he heard miss drew say and then peals of laughter followed him as he went downstairs she is the right sort at last he thought thankfully as he lit a cigarette please may i have another help of lemon sponge asked babs at luncheon certainly not said aunt eleanor you have had two already but i'm very hungry pleaded babs as if lemon sponge were the most substantial of all viands you are very greedy babs continued her aunt "'No, I aren't. Only lemon sponge is so very melting afore you can bite it. The last help I had was nothing but warm air.' Uncle Charlie laughed. "'I don't believe you are really a greedy little girl,' he said kindly, "'but I have a thought.' "'Oh, I loves your thoughts! interrupted Babs. "'I will buy you a bottle of sweets for your very own, and it shall be kept in the sideboard cupboard, and you can have one whenever you like without asking.' only you must use your right judgment about it and then you can show us that you are not greedy oh charlie how ridiculous said aunt Eleanor. the child will be ill in no time i'm not so sure of that said her husband people of five years old should learn to use their sense and when he came in that night he brought a lovely big bottle of acid drops and babs thought the one he gave her to taste was quite the most delicious sweet i ever eated for two or three days babs was very careful it makes it so splendid and exciting not to have to ask leave every time she told teddy i's going to have a sweet announced the little girl just as lunch was over a few days afterwards and she climbed down off her chair aunt Eleanor shrugged her shoulders and uncle charlie observed i don't think i should eat a sweet directly after a big dinner if i were you but of course you can if you like it's my right judge said babs flushing up and tossing her head all right said uncle charlie but babs was a long time at the cupboard door what are you doing with your pinafore asked her aunt suddenly i's wiping my acid drop dry exclaimed babs cause i don't think i'll eat a sweet directly after a big dinner and if i put it back in the bottle afore it's dry it'll stick to the others Uncle Charlie and Eleanor both laughed, and her uncle stooped to kiss Babs before he went out. "'You are not a greedy little girl, I see,' he said gently. "'I knew I wasn't. Only I had rather a narrow scape today, didn't I, Uncle Charlie?' she added solemnly. The next mail from India brought very good news for Babs and Teddy. Father and mother in India were really coming home after all coming almost at once with Nana and the babysitter to fetch the children from london and take them home again to dear old cloverdale when uncle charlie told them teddy and babs were full of delight and excitement for quite ten minutes they were at schoolroom tea which meal was generally enlivened by teddy's thrilling accounts of the perils and penalties of school life from which it would appear that he was one of the most dare-devil characters that had ever defied school discipline, though in reality little Conway was a model of timid propriety in the actual awe-inspiring presence of the masters. "'Will father and mother and ninja take me away from school?' asked Teddy anxiously. "'Will they take me away from you, dear Uncle Charlie?' questioned Babs. "'They will arrive just in time for the holidays and take you back to spend them at Cloverdale.' "'You too?' persisted babs holding fast his coat sleeve perhaps said uncle charlie with a tender look in his eyes i wants to show you the new chair in my doll's house what miss drew taught me to make will you excuse me she asked the governess who gave a smiling consent but uncle charlie was horrified to see a decaying bit of cheese reposing on the grand new chair he instantly seized it and threw it in the fire oh screamed babs you have killed the little darlings why did you in an agony of reproach it was a nasty bit of cheese and smelt horribly exclaimed uncle charlie amazed but it was our pet mites said bab sadly and now they is all burned kite dead never mind little one they are not nice pets for you to have and you will soon have all your splendid country pets again oh yes cried babs quickly diverted i do wonder how many of Darning sue's kittens will be alive and if the rabbits are quite well so the interest of their parents coming centred in the thought of cloverdale and father and mother and ninja were regarded as the passports to that enchanted home one night babs had been fast asleep for quite two hours when a murmuring of voices disturbed her and she slowly opened her big brown eyes to see a most surprising sight a strange lady was leaning over her bed and by the fireplace sat nana with a crumpled bundle of white draperies on her knee oh nana shrieked babs directly her sleepy brain decided that it was not all a dream and the little girl flew out of bed brushing past the strange lady straight into nana's disengaged arm there miss babs darling said nana after a very big hug now go and kiss your mamma The strange lady was standing alone by the empty bed, gazing at Babs with hungry eyes. "'Come, my darling,' she said in a rather broken voice. For somehow, Barbara Conway had never realized before that her homecoming would be nothing to her little daughter compared with Nana's, that she was only a stranger while the nurse was a dearly loved friend. Babs stood still with wondering eyes. "'She is a bit sleepy, ma'am,' explained Nana. "'No, I aren't.' interrupted babs gravely i are thinking about things oh babs cried the lady won't you come to me i am your mother you know the mother out of father and mother in india asked babs drawing nearer yes darling very gently then i will kiss you said babs holding up her face and where is the other one here he is cried uncle charlie who was standing in the doorway with his brother. And this is Babs, he added proudly, as the child rushed into his arms and he lifted her up to kiss her father. You is like Uncle Charlie, said Babs, looking into Major Conway's face critically. I's glad of that. We're brothers, you know, answered her father. And are you as nice as him? Babs asked a little anxiously. Nicer, said Uncle Charlie, and then they all laughed barbara conway looked rather sadly at the merry group she seemed so outside her little daughter's world and she did not know that bab's experience led the child to shrink from grown-up ladies like aunt eleanor but uncle charlie seeing the same wistful look in his sister-in-law's brown eyes that he had tried so hard to banish from her little daughters understood and held out the child to her mother there babs he said gently you will be the happiest little girl in the whole world now father and mother in india have come to take care of you in england Give your mother a very big kiss, because she loves you so much and has wanted you all these years so dreadfully. "'And do you want me now?' Babs asked, holding her mother's face in her two fat hands, and gazing into it earnestly. "'Yes, my darling, much more than I can tell you.' And Barbara Conway felt as if she must break down. "'Then I's glad you've come, and I will love you too, and kiss you tight and hard like I do, Uncle Charlie.' Promised Babs, and her mother stayed with her, whispering very tender, soothing talk till Babs' sleepy eyes closed. And when Ned Conway came up to look for his wife, he found her with her head on Bab's pillow, and his little daughter's rosy cheek pressed close against her mother's. The next morning, Babs rushed into Teddy's room, feeling very superior. Did you see father and mother in India last night? She asked, hoping most fervently that he had not. No, said Teddy. I never woken the night at all. I did! exclaimed Babs proudly, and I know them quite well. Father minds me very much of Uncle Charlie, but mother isn't a bit like Aunt Eleanor. Teddy jumped into his clothes as quickly as time and cold fingers would permit, and he and Babs tore downstairs. A tall gentleman ran out and caught them on the second landing, and before breakfast, Teddy knew father and mother in India almost as well as Babs did can you play cricket teddy asked his father at breakfast rather exclaimed uncle charlie why your father is a splendid cricketer old fellow and you shall be one too my boy said major conway we will practice all the holidays and with a father who was a first-class cricketer what more could any english schoolboy want mother said babs afterwards jumping on to her knee violently and putting one fat arm as far as it would reach round mrs conway's neck do you mind much about me not being pretty like aunt eleanor does oh my darling what do you mean i think you are the dearest nicest little daughter in the whole world and i would not have you one tiny bit different wouldn't you exclaimed babs amazed hadn't you rather my hair was golden or something no no her mother assured her. I love you best just as you are, dear. I so glad, murmured the child, cause it makes there nothing nasty to think about. Just then, Nana came in with the baby. My new sister is very funny, observed Babs, regarding her with interest. But I don't think she will ever be able to walk, Mother, do you? Her feet are exactly like Mole's feet. They are not quite big and strong enough yet, but very soon baby will run about and play with you and make up for teddy's being at school oh mother i are glad you came cause it was so dull afore when teddy went to school it won't be dull ever again for we shall be at cloverdale and you will have baby and me always to play with can you play i didn't think grown-up ladies ever could play i thought it messed their dresses mine don't matter "'and we will wear comfortable old ones.' "'That'll be jolly,' laughed Babs. "'And, Mother, we will take Uncle Charlie to Cloverdale, too?' "'Oh, yes. "'Your father and Uncle Charlie used to play together "'when they were little boys, "'and they will want to play together again now.' "'Me, too. "'Uncle Charlie's sure to let me play with them. "'He always does, you see, Mother.' "'You are very fond of Uncle Charlie, I think, Babs.' in course i am i belong to uncle charlie you know not to your father and me exclaimed her mother babs looked puzzled half to you and half to father but i think the biggest half to uncle charlie yes dear that is it you belong to us because we are your father and mother but i think you must always belong to uncle charlie too because he has been so good to you I don't think we will take Aunt Eleanor to Cloverdale," added Babs, and just then the baby began to cry, which changed the conversation. But her mother heard and understood. End of CHAPTER eleven